it was quite a weekend. The scene in Major League when Wild Thing comes out of the bullpen and it's just like you can hear the music rev up. I heard that Saturday morning, ref. I didn't know why. I didn't know what it was. But it's time for Verbal Tap, the show that proves fighting might be easier outside of the cage or mat. Sometimes the social pressure comes right there. Ref, you got asked to do, comp- not, I mean, live announcing slash interviews slash social commentary at the Jiu-Jitsu Expo after you arrived. Normally, that's a thing you pre-book. How you doing? I'm okay. I think I'm mostly still with my professionalism intact. Um, you know, I've been Was asked to do things last minute. Would be out of tact because of, oh, I mean, you had to interview Gordon and thousand Gary. percent. Okay. So it is possible I, to, you could have snapped. That's fun to know. Cause I, the thing I thought about was, is when they ask you to fill in for somebody and you know, you try to help out the show, you say, yeah, what can I do? Um, the real downside to all of this is I'm not prepared and I'm usually a person who looks pretty prepared even if, you know, I'm goofing around. It's there's still most people can tell there's a heavy amount of prep that I'll do into things. This is okay, cool. Do you have a sheet that says people's names on them? Like the bare minimum of thing you need for something like this? They're like, no. Okay. It? Do you have a fight a order? Sense, there's always a sense of indignance too. It's like, what would I need that for? It's like Well, it's just kind of like uh, I think what it is. It's just like they're looking at me and maybe this is my fault when they're kind of like, why would we be coming to you if we had any of that? And That's I couldn't fair. help but think. That is fair. I'll give that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's literally tw- two minutes, three minutes. It's really a blur. It's no more than five minutes. I'll tell you that. That they just kind of were like, hey, you're an announcer. And mind you, I was telling them just experience that I've had working on productions and saying like, hey, I noticed you have a camera set up like this. I know you have your chair set up like this. I'd make some suggestions on how to shoot this and do this. And they're like, okay, cool. Now you're an announcer. That's no. And are you saying their names? Are you having to like bring them onto the mat? Yes. Okay. I want to stop and people are, might be scoffing. Cause it's like, I know we do a podcast. It's very simple to talk back and forth. I know we're experiencing this. It's a whole different beast when you have to say people's goddamn names. You think Rosamar Paul Harris is easy to say until 150 people are staring at you, including his glistened up ass. It's difficult. So I'm impressed here that you were in without like normally I will search for weird names i'll write them phonetically i mean you do the same thing this is where notes help and you had nothing no nothing literally just okay well the first match is in five minutes and i go okay and fortunately i know ruben so ruben was the first match on the first day uh but then it's a matter of me trying to find the other people and saying uh do they have a billing they want um where are people fighting out of and even though I know Ruben, I also know he trains at multiple, co- uh, you know, multiple 10th Planet. So I'm like, you know, he coaches out of 10th Planet Costa Mesa, but maybe he wants to be billed out of where he taught in New Mexico. So I go over to him and I go, hey, man, where do you want me to bill you out of? And he goes, Costa Mesa. Oh, but also New Mexico. And I was like, see, see, instincts are right. I know these things. And I, I don't want to assume because if I had gone on air and just been – and now presenting 
this jamoke from where are you from nottingham that's not a real place i don't want to say that on air and i will tell you this when i was introducing rafael lovato jr normally like it was a pretty basic walk-on i didn't have to ask too many things for him because i know him but i laughed because i realized oh shit this might be the only time i ever get to say bellator champion rafael lovato jr as he walks out when he's a current title holder. So I like, you know, on air, I would never laugh like that, but I sure did that day because I said, well, no one wrote down anything for me. And that's my friend who's walking out. So current holder of the 185 pound light heavyweight belt for Bellator fighting championship. Correct. We're going to get to, hold on. I want to, I want to put a cap on. We'll come back to that. Cause we have a lot more about the jujitsu expert. (laughs) to and your commentary <laughs> at it i mean i keep using commentary i apologize because announcing to me is just part of the commentating team right you uh just to delineate because you also do commentary so that could be confusing to people we're gonna first i also want to make it clear to people though that when you say that i also had an earpiece in for the first time no. so when i had this earpiece in for the production truck crew um i could hear what they were saying and they confused announcer and commentator so at one point they were saying well our announcers now speaking a different language i'm like no i'm not i only know english i mean my spanish is okay but it's like 1.5 languages and i go oh they're saying that samir and clark have now gone into brazilian mode Uh uh-oh that's portuguese is happening and the poor people who are doing this who are not used to this world are going why are they going in a different language and i go they do that sometimes it's always fun. This is a real broadcast conundrum, though. That the hire they bring you on as an announcer last minute, but they have earpieces. So just full of questions. UFC 243 is up first. I have some WWE questions about Kane Velasquez and how come they can't get him the good steroids? Like, where is? I saw the clip. So we've got some topics to get to. In between there, we're going to talk more about the Jiu-Jitsu Expo because there's some funny matches that happened i know for sure i mean the dana her death squad's there it's weird rafael lovato jr is fighting richie the boogeyman martinez yet it's just so funny with the different fights that they they had on this card first how mad are you on a scale of one to ten you're not a part of israel adesanya's come out of the corner dance team I thought the choreography was okay. You thought it was okay? And then he did a flip, and I go... No, I thought it was okay until he did the flip, and oh, I go, right. oh, I can't flip. That was unbelievable. Yeah, that, <laughs> that, flip, that was a one-hand cartwheel. <laughs> well, not none of the rest of them were doing one-hand cartwheels like that, though. He was he was obviously doing it at a well, slightly Well, that's because he's the star. That doesn't mean he can't. It just means they didn't have the clearance to do it. <laughs> Maybe he looked at them, and he goes, no, 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 today only I cartwheel. Remember that, me? Style bender. Uh... I just, when I watched him fight, I was very happy for him. And he was saying in the post-presser that he goes, yeah, somebody's going to see that walkout entrance and say, I hope that guy gets beat up. I had the reverse where I was like, I was already in on Izzy as a star, but that made me go dope. And then he doubles down on it by doing some nerd shit, by writing in like a, there's apparently an anime. This is the stuff I have to research, Kevin, when I come on this show. That says if you sign a death book. So he was miming in the octagon signing uh, Bobby Knuckles's death 
into a death book. And I was looking at him and people were like, oh, shit, that's a thing. It's anime and it's cool. And I go, why is he doing? Oh, right. He loves anime. Sure, dude. I, You know, I was good with the dance. I don't need this little, you know, death becomes her moment that you need to put into uh, the ether. But you do you. So, yay. The flip crushes. The flip absolutely rocks. That's number one. Number two, the dance gets some nice. There's some Mortal Kombat. It has a machine like I mean the guy can like he's in there now with like the Martinez brothers in my opinion for dance fighters just in terms oh, of if we had a dance fighting situation he's untouched and there's somebody who put up uh, is Alan Murphy somebody put this up on their Twitter that just goes I mean it was okay when you talk about walkouts I'd like to say that Tito Ortiz's walkouts of Limp Biscuit is up there just as good and I was like no it wasn't don't Tito say Limp Biscuit and Tito Ortiz like we're not come on <laughs> that's a that's something you put in a time cancel and then you say but can we still dig that up it really feels uh, good to hear Limp Biscuit used in current <laughs> reference I haven't heard the name in so long so that's that's Limp Bizkit, everybody. I want to make sure, though, that we're being very complimentary because they said in the post presser as well, they said, well, how did that get approved? Because dude's doing a flip right before he's about to fight for the Pride main days. card. Yeah. Yeah. And Dana wasn't there. They had Perfect. Australian Dana guy-ish who is in charge of saying things that day. And mostly he was there to play the role of you know, I'm not going to step on Dana's toes and speak on that. No, you know, Dana, you'd have to ask him that. And it's like, we would like to. He does that. But instead, you're else, here though, in the business. I, he yes. really does act like he's not presently there. He's like a surrogate. If you've back to our Arrested Development <laughs> deep references, which is someone you can hire to experience the world for you. That's essentially what this guy does, except instead of having a live feed, he just answers. I mean, I would love to hear from Dana, but but he's not here. It's like, well, you're Dana. You're the, you're, I love you. The one he's that so did me in those was when soon. he was when he said the following and he goes, <clears throat> uh, they go, well, you know, they had this whole disclosure with uh, a lawsuit with the UFC that showed how much fighters are getting paid. It's only about 20% of the overall revenue of the company. Don't you think the fighters should be making more? And this guy looks at them and goes, you know, uh, we're in a lawsuit right now. And they go, okay, cool. So when the lawsuit's kind of done, you'll talk with us about it. And he goes, yeah, I mean, I have so many great answers, so many that I wish I could give you right now. But because this lawsuit and I wouldn't want to step on Dana's toes, it was the best like non-answer answer I think I've seen in some time, which is like, I can't answer that. But if I could, it would be amazing and it would blow your fucking socks off. But I can't. But it's real good. I just want to make sure you know it's real good. And I was thinking, I was like, is this the best bluff that you've ever seen from somebody at one of these where they go, definitely holding a 7-2. But I'm going to pretend like this is the best set I've ever had in poker. It's all about confidence. And mm -hmm. to full sweep this, no one's got more confidence right now than Israel Adesanya. Mm. From flipping to winning, knocks out B knocks right there in the backyard, never great, which is, but this is unbelievable in terms of like where he's at status wise. And I completely overreacted. Because a coworker today was like, "Hey, you think we'll see Ferguson versus 
Khabib who's like, nope, and there's no need. Let's get out of Sonya and Khabib in the cage together right now. Can we book mm. that? I I don't know that I even like Izzy's chances in that. Um, He's a just Khabib, Yeah, I know, but Khabib would just lay and prey on him, and I think that may be one of the weaknesses because they went after uh, Bobby Knuckles in the presser, and they just go, hey, man, so what do you think? Uh, do you think uh, you need to work on your wrestling? He's like, yeah, I work on my wrestling every day, dog. Like, geez, you know, he's like looking at me, and but this is how he sounded. He just goes, "Oh, I definitely work on my wrestling every day." No, definitely, no, I, I work on it. <laughs> I do, but you could tell his inflection was, "The fuck you just say to me?" I should come over there. Mm, God damn it! But he was—he took his loss in stride. He showed up, and you know, I think his most memorable line that he had was. You know, today wasn't my day, but who says tomorrow won't be? I was just like, yeah, that's about the right mentality. So good on him. I I feel like he knew it. He felt like he was winning some of the exchanges. I thought it was pretty interesting because, you know, it looked like a fun competitive contest. But you were starting to see the elements for Izzy coming into his own. I thought his timing looked really good and uh, just his evasiveness. That was what I think Whitaker was saying afterwards. He goes, man. This guy is really hard to hit. He's really evasive, and I think that's what makes him so interesting to watch. And especially when you have somebody that talks that much shit or hypes it enough, um, if you would. And that's what I have to say, Kev. We need a new star. This guy sold out the Marvel Stadium, which I still can't figure out why Marvel has a stadium. Uh, But he sold out Marvel Stadium, and they said that it was one of the records for the UFC. I think it was about 55,000 or so. And this goes to show you the differences between our sport in jiu-jitsu and the overall sport of MMA, which is they had a reporter go, and they started off with fake Dana White today, and they go, hey, so uh, I noticed you didn't have some empty seats, you know? And the UFC just goes, yeah, we didn't, like, we didn't a thousand percent sell it out, but like 55,000 is still a good amount of people. They didn't like cower and be like, no, we didn't. We sold out. We sold a lot of tickets. (laughs) Every baseball team does with baseball stadiums Mm -hmm. like half full. They're like, we sold out. It's like, okay, all right. But I like that they took it in stride and that wasn't viewed as a dickish question or a a note because you could still note how impressive it is. And yet they weren't bothered by it because that's what the media is supposed to do is they're supposed to ask you questions and it may not be favorable. And he prefaced it nicely enough, I guess, but I was just laughing because I go, Oh, that's really what happens here at UFC when they just go, yeah, dog, we sold a lot of tickets though. So could you chill? And I accepted it. I said, yeah, why not? All right, we can move on from that. But uh, yes, huge star making performance. There was one thing that happened in the post presser that I thought you might like to know, which is that Izzy, kept getting calls in the middle of it. And I thought, it's kind of like when my family calls me and they know I'm doing the show. I look at them like, you know where I am. <laughs> I'm not going to pick this up. I'm on stage right now. But Izzy kept getting called so many times from one of these people that he realized, he's like, you know what? I'm just going to take it. It's my cousin. I'm very sorry. And he goes, hey, man, I just want to let you know you're on air right now. And his cousin's just like, what, dude? Oh my God, you won. And it was such a real, organic, amazing moment uh, that I just, I laughed profusely. And I thought with Conor McGregor being wherever he is, 
uh, Khabib's drawing power seeming to be more international than national. Uh, I think we have a new crossover and I think we need one. I think we need somebody who can talk, who can actually get out there and, and promote the fights and says both entertaining, funny and interesting things because when he said out there, he goes, he one made fun of people who are casual fans. Like he put him down. He goes, Oh yeah. They see me and Paulo Costa and the casuals think like, Hey, that monster, let's see him fight. And he's like, but they don't know that. Yeah, he's good. But does he have technique plus? And I was like, Oh, that's a fair answer. And he goes, Oh, and by the way, I'm just a fan at the end of the day. I was like, wait, did you just put down casuals and then very casually put yourself as a casual? He's well, a man of the right. people. He gets it. And yeah. who fucking cares if he can talk his dancing? Like, there's, I usually, oh, I like the whole package, but wow. No, but, but make no mistake, Kev, when I saw them together, there's that moment where they had the synchronized uh, multi-stop uh, drop truck moment that I was like, damn, that's good. And um, I just, I was impressed by it, but it was the, it was the one-handed cartwheel that made me go. Yeah, that's tough to top. That's that's pretty sweet. And I looked at him, and his crew was there, and it was uh, his crew was made up of people he used to dance with when he was a kid, and uh, some of the guys who are still with him to this day. So he was like, these weren't just like my day ones; they were like my negative zeros and my negative ones and twos. He's amazing. Uh, that's how long <laughs> we're all caught up in Israel mania. It was great. Yeah, uh, sh- overshadowing the rest of the card. I am going to go Dan Hooker defeats Al Iaquanta. Iaquinta? Mm-hmm. They always say Iaquanta. So I, I, I think do it it's Iaquinta. But I also had a weekend where, oh, look you know, on the now. show here. Look at who's the name announcer police. I, listen, <laughs> I want to make it very clear. Because on the show, we know, the people who listen in weekly, we know the bit is. When I do over under, I come up with funny ways to say people's names. Was I tempted to say Edwin Najmi's name as Edwin Najimi on air? Yes. Did I do it? No. Did I really think hard and long about it? Yes. Because I actually know Edwin. And I would look at him and say, ha, I did that. And I thought it was hilarious. And he would have just laughed. However, having done a weekend to check to choke you the fuck out later but yeah he would laugh <laughs> he would he would and i don't mind that that's fine but i just know that there are particular ways people like their names to be pronounced and you know even when i went up to go double check with people i was still like how do i say this there was one person who said hey raf the way you pronounce my name think italy think italian and i go oh Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I'll say it like that. At the end of the night, he goes, nobody has ever said my name more right than you. And I go, what? Wow. I never get that one. All right, I'll take it. Done. Thanks, dude. <laughs> All right. So Raph is changing. You know, everybody can change. In the next one, I'm going to hit these names perfectly. Ty Duravasa okay. versus Sergey Spivak. <laughs> wow. And the secret to any Sergey Spivak is just do it as fast as you possibly can. Spivak mm-hmm. uses the choke of the podcast, and methinks Tuivasa is going to have to start to contemplate studying the grappling arts. Because that was not great. When someone starts to do that, 
you have to do what you would if you got stuck in an ice cave. Go into the crevasse. Tai Tuivasa went away from it and <laughs> went unconscious very quickly. He came back. He's fine. I'm sure he did a shoey anyway. But unbelievable victory <laughs> in the speedbox. That's a genius idea for <laughs> whenever somebody goes out. They're just like, he went out. What should we do? Lift his legs? Now get a shoey ready. He'll be he'll be back. He'll be pissed if we didn't. <laughs> uh, Justin Taffa loses to Jorgen de Castro, which is the coolest name possibly in the UFC right now. And friend Diego Lima won over Luke Jamer. Though we should note, and this one's weird. Stop me if you've heard of this one before, Kev. Guy wins by split decision. Goes to protest so that he can actually win by unanimous decision. Hmm. How do you do that? I don't know. But imagine if Trump had gotten all the states he got and then came back and was like, I'm hearing things about California. Let's go back and double check, okay? I know I won this thing, but let me win it again. Russia, if you hear me, let's double check those California ballots. So they did a little recheck on this. Well, and Holly Holm doesn't make it to the cage. Withdraws no. from what is undisclosed injury. Yes. Which I can only assume, I mean, based off of her fight record, it must be a serious injury. She doesn't really pull out of fights ever. And I think she's fought injured. On, I mean, every fighter fights injured, but she's been specifically dealing with some stuff while in the cage and been pretty good. So... Not great. That always makes you a little scared. So hopefully she gets healthy because her and Raquel Pennington's a fun fight. I also want to say, I think undisclosed injury, Kev, and you can tell me if you like this or not. Uh, I think we can have undisclosed injury as the official qualifier for the current Miami Dolphins roster. <laughs> Half of them are Someone put up injuries. this meme. Somebody put up this meme, Kev, and I... <laughs> You know, amidst all the crazy in the weekend, this one, I think, brought me the most uh, laughs I think I've seen in a bit. And they said, Miami Dolphins 13, NFL bye week 72, final. So they made it so that the bye week actually was uh, competing against it. And I thought, that's funny. That's a funny. That is funny. (laughs) It's very funny. There's going to be a lot of that from bored Miami fans in in general or people that just want to hate (laughs) on them. I do. I didn't. I only saw the the top. I really only saw Whitaker Adesanya. It was a great fight, but I was yes. uh, still kind of ADCC burnout a little bit. Which I'm ready to switch back to Jiu-Jitsu Expo. Well, you weren't the only one with ADCC burnout. Uh, it was weird. <laughs> the whole community feels like. I was so hyped about this, and then I completely forgot it was happening until you were like, I'm announcing. It's like, oh, shit, that's right. Well, I want to say thank you to everybody who sent notes to me because even as the show was going on, I got notes from a lot of our friends who said, hey, man, I can't believe you're announcing. And I was like, me neither. I didn't know I was doing it. Cool. Here (laughs) we go. Why didn't you tell me? Uh... (sighs) Man. So without any preparation, I raced around getting names, billings, heights, weights, and then just kind of 
doing approach of closing my eyes and wishing for the best on some of these pronunciations. And I felt bad because day one, they're like, oh, hey, man, why don't you get out there and uh, go out there and be in front? And I go, I'm happy to be wherever you guys want me to be, but no camera has told me where to be because these guys usually have their shots planned. If I just show up in the middle of the, the ring or wherever you guys have positioned, then you need to have your cameraman ready for this. Everyone knows and, what you're talking about. Everyone's, especially if you've been watching Grappling for a few years, you know when they zoom in on something and no one's there but someone's talking? <laughs> this is what happens. They just say, hey, go stand over there. And the camera person's like, what? Oh, sh I didn't know. Like, I would have told him. So what Raph is doing is anticipating that weird space where he's like, I'm over here. And then you nearly get real case of the dizzies because they move the camera hastily so you were trying to prevent that i was mostly trying to tell them no i dizzies. know whoever's directing this yeah no case of the dizzies i know that when i told these people i said uh listen i've never been one to turn down camera time but i also don't want to make somebody really who's been putting in hard work uncomfortable on where they're supposed to shoot me <clears throat> so then to make things more fun, you know, I'm getting uh, people giving suggestions as to like, you know, the promoter is speaking in my ear and being like, hey, do this and do this. And I was like, OK. <laughs> and as everything's going along, there's one moment where I go. He goes, all right, all right, call the next fight. And I was like, are we ready for the next fight? He's like, yeah, 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 go, go, go. I was like, OK. And I go, ladies and gentlemen, Bill the Grill Cooper. Nothing. I look around at him. I look around at the production crew and the production crew pulls me aside. And I was like, Oh God, please tell me that Bill's here. This has happened before. I don't, Oh no. This okay. has happened. I feel like it's something you've commentated before. Hasn't it? Well, it happened at an EBI before. <laughs> and I'm like, I, th I've seen Bill. I know he's here, but like, is he in the bathroom? Did he have to go to Walmart real quick to pick up something? Like, I don't know, dude. So they pull me aside and they go, hey, Raph, um, so here's the deal. We need you to look at us to cut to commercial breaks. And I was like, we have commercial breaks? And they go, yeah. And I go, oh, yeah, well, it's good to know. And they go, yeah, you know, so that way we we coordinate. And I go, well, he, the promoter, I was like, he just told me to do the next fight and announce it. And they go, oh, is that why you waited? And I was like, yeah, dude, I've done TV before. I know how this works. And they're like, oh, my God, we love you. And I was like, no, I love you guys. You're great. So they were implementing a lot of my my suggestions, and they were very receptive. And if at all I looked good this weekend, and I can't know for certain if I did, it, a lot of that credit is them because they were shooting me right. Um, once we got, like, connected together, they would throw something at me, and I'd go, okay, good, I'm in. Or I'd throw something at them, and they're like, we can do this. And so there was a day on Sunday <clears throat> where I told them, I was like, can you guys get me a, a wireless? <clears throat> and I said, well, the reason why I want to go with my wireless is so that I can go into the crowd. Because during the commercial break, the audience had nothing to do other than just play on their phones. So, Kev, you know this, and maybe you listeners know this. When you're a comedian and you get an open mic, <clears throat> you're going to take advantage of that. So we had some people who wanted to air some grievances on day two, which was also hilarious to see. I had one woman when I was giving out free hats going, <clears throat> excuse me, excuse me, uh, what about the people who competed today? Why are they not getting free stuff? I was like, we got jiu-jitsu socialist over here, everybody. Look at this one. And I give her the microphone and I say, you know, say whatever you want. And she looks at me and she's like, I'd like to get some free stuff too. And I was like, first of all, 
not in charge. I say that a lot, but it's because it's true. And second, why why are you mad we're giving away free stuff? Like, we're just trying to, like, do a nice thing. And then at one point, I was like, all right, you need to work on your crowd work. Because I go, why don't you put it to a vote? And she goes, how many guys think that we should get something for free here for nothing? And, like, one guy raises his hand. And I was like, ha, good. Take that random audience member. And after that, everybody was super nice. We had everybody who was playing along and they got that it was fun. We got one kid who, when I said, why do you deserve a hat? He looked at me and he goes, because I put someone to sleep today in competition. And I go, um, okay. I mean, that's nice. He's like, do you want to see it? I'm like, what kind of snuff film is this? Jesus Christ. Hey, you calm down, buddy. I don't. <laughs> we can get Lovato over here to clarify, but I don't think people carry that shit around with them that readily uh <laughs> it's just so great but, but then i realized i was like not only is this part audience got talent not only is it fascinatingly hilarious to ask somebody who they think is going to win between polaris and gordon ryan and then threaten them by saying oh i can go tell gordon right now what you just said and they're like no please don't it was like yeah no i'm going to tell gordon it's going to be real bad for you yeah, you have um, 85 you minutes know. of interview time with him coming up, so you better fill some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little shot at me seeing a lot of pictures of you interviewing Gordon and Gary. Yes. Gordon's tiny the, well, brother. The, the, very, the very end, though, was... Wait, which you know, one's Gordon's tiny brother? I don't remember. Um, You know, who knows? Who's to say at this point? Gary is quite content being America's little brother, and at the very end, they said, hey, Raph, uh, we have Gary Tonin for you to interview. Can you do a interview with Gary like is he okay for you to interview and I was like you should just wait for us to do our magic did you like I, by chance tell him hmm. I said he was dressed like a patriotic butt plug no though I should have I did however you say you could have used sex toy if you wanted to keep it appropriate <laughs> I tried to keep it as like as very uh family friendly as possible uh, except for, I think at the end when my sister and I went to go get food at the end of day two, I was like, well, I kept it pretty clean. I just, I didn't work blue. And my sister goes, no, you cussed a couple times toward the end. And I was like, oh, did my memory go out? Because maybe I just blocked that out. Well, like when, when I see talking kids around, you know, yeah. When you're talking around and crowd being as they may be, who knows? But I was like, I thought for sure, at least with the crowd, maybe in post-match interviews, who's to say, um, but I will say this. I went up to Gary, and I believe the moniker I went up to him with at the beginning of our interview was, Gary, you look like the son Colonel Sanders was afraid to say that he ever had. And then he laughed, but he was also trying to uh, flying scissor takedown and leg lock me at the very beginning, and I pushed him away, and I was like, don't you dare. Um, and then he realized at the end, he's like, did you just bring me out to roast me? And I was like, Yes. They didn't really give me direction on what to interview you about. What are you doing here? <laughs> you just figure out Therese. It's like, absolutely. I didn't even pitch it. I, I didn't want anyone to tell me no. I just assumed this really, moment would be worth they it. They brought you to me. That was their dumb fault. And yours for coming, frankly. Uh, but I will say one of my favorite notes is the audience seemed to very much like when I said, Gary, you don't matter in grappling anymore, but you kind of matter in MMA. So talk about that. You just piss him off so much. It's beautiful. It's an art. But what? we should talk about super fights, though. 
Oh, well, hold on. Before that, what's the food situation? Because in 2012, when we were out there in Long Beach, just two young jujitsakas touring the world with a romantic dream, there was a shit ton of people selling shirts, booths out the Yaz, um, all of the Gracies, the Meows. Mm-hmm. It was a two-day extravaganza. Where in which people can still see the footage of you and I interviewing a ton of people, Keenan Cornelius, some others, and we still I have some know, stuff in the vault somewhere too. How was the acai? Didn't have any. Uh, day one. By the time I got home, the reason why it was a good thing we went back to my sister's place. My sister lives out in Anaheim. So going from, you know, covering out that way to Anaheim isn't too bad. But by the time we got in, I told my sister, I was like, um, I really just want to watch the fights. And I think I need food. And she's like, okay, no problem. I already ordered food. And I was like, cool. And by the time, like, the last fight is finishing and I'm, like, looking at her and she goes, don't you normally watch the post presser? And I was like, no, good night. <laughs> I just knock out. The next morning I wake up and I start like getting my stuff together and planning and making like a hit list of things that I want to do. And then naturally when I get there, like me and the production team are all in sync and we're just like, yeah, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do that. Wait, what are we doing now? Like as we're going to air and all of us just going, well, let's throw uh, the rundown out the window and let's just fly by the seat of our pants. And there's a very sweet comment I got from somebody on uh Instagram, when I put up a photo, because I put up a photo of the crew so that you guys can see these people who work very, very hard and are very good at what they do. But I put up a thank you to them. And somebody very nicely goes, well, you know, Raf, sometimes it's when you're the least prepared that great stuff happens. I was like, yeah, not so much in TV. It's not really a thing we do. So, you know. And you're also just quietly doing. You're on the top of an iceberg with about, oh, hmm. 15,000 hours of practice underneath your belt that you're like, yeah, it just happens out of nowhere. You just don't even plan it. It's yep. like, are you fucking kidding? We dream about this. This is planned. Yeah. This is thought out. They said, will you announce? He wasn't like, I don't know. I was like, yep, <laughs> let's do this. That's well, that. I just thought at this point, the, the very nice thing the production crew told me was, they go, you know, the funniest part about it was we didn't have anybody until you. And then we all, after the, you know, after it was all said and done, thought, what would have happened if you wouldn't have been there? And we got very scared. And I was like, well, I'm sure you would have somebody. And they're like, yeah, but then, um, you know, you you know what you're doing. And I was like, I don't need a lot of direction. I just need to know who my sound guy is, my point guy is, and who my camera is. And then I can do from there. So, you know, day two, I felt like it was a well-oiled machine. But okay. holy fuck it. Now I want to hear matches because Lovato submits the boogeyman. I guess was Gary fighting or was just Gary there in sponsorship? I believe they were trying to find Gary a match. And I don't know how much I'm at liberty to say, but the other person that they were trying to match him up with was at the festival one of the two days. So... You can make some guesses if you want to. We might have just mentioned a family member 
in that scenario. So, yes, I do know that they were trying to put together a match uh, for Gary, and I just don't think they were able to come to terms with it. Um, I think people were open to it, but they did put some good matches together. So, for example, on day one, it was all five finishes, which is great. And it was the first time I ever got to meet... uh, well, I've met Mikey before, but we've never done an interview. And I really want to interview him, like a full-length interview. But Mikey Musumeci and I uh, got to do his post-match interview where he almost seemed surprised that he finished his Oma Plata that he was just kind of using as a transition. And the guy taps and he's like, oh, are we done? Dope. Okay, cool. I didn't know. I, I thought I'd have to do more, you know, kind of a thing. But Mikey Musumeci also forgets he is who he is sometimes, I guess. Um, and the transition was, it looked like I was like, no, it's, it's locked. He just doesn't understand it. Cause he's so good sometimes. And, uh, so yeah, I got to interview him and he was super nice. Good kid. I like him a lot. Um, and got that, uh, Lovato. It's always good to see him, man. Like I can't emphasize this enough. I tried to say it in the post-match interview with him, which is we just like seeing him come back to grappling. And at the end of the interview, he left us with the button of saying, all right, now it's time to defend the title. And I felt like, like right now, like what, not against me though. Right. Cause I'm not, I mean, I might be in your weight class, but ugh, I don't really like my chances here if I'm being honest. So, <laughs> but he couldn't have been happy standing next to him too. He's just huge. He's probably not at well, 185 he, right now. It's not that he gets huge. Like, because you know he's butt. taller than me, so that he's you know that when he has to, when he has to bend down, and that he has to like make a dramatic eye look up, and he's like, "It's time to defend the belt," and I'm looking straight at him like, "Oh no, this is scary." It's also reminiscent of when I ended my interview with Polaris that I actually said, um, "You're just as scary in person as I thought you would be," and I could only say it because. Uh, the translator wouldn't be able to end in time because I was just like, it was Polaris, everybody. Yay. Bye. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I did that for my sake and the internet community's sake. And I live to tell the tale. Plus you're always worried. He's not going to leave the interview. He's going to hold it too long. You have to pry him out. Well, of there. it's bad for ref's help. I'm a little mad because this hasn't been a gift yet, but the translator had to bring his baby in the interview. So he's, being Mr. Dad and being a good father, but he's also translating. And the thing that made me laugh more than anything was his child was trying to grab my microphone the whole time. <laughs> he's interviewed. And I'm mad that's not a gift yet it's because so damn that cute. kid it's the like, best. Imagine this game of telephone that's happening is <laughs> I'm interviewing Paul Harris and I'm going, hey, I'm asking you about a match and clearly you need help with this. And I asked him a question. I go, uh, tell me what did you expect from this match? And blank stare happened. And I go, okay, we should get a translator. And then dude picks up his kid, runs over to us, goes, okay, translates to Polaris. He gives a very long answer. The dude is translating. But the whole time that we're just kind of staring at each other, the kid's just like, open palming, trying to steal the mic, and you see both <laughs> the dad and Polaris swatting away the kid's hand from the microphone. <laughs> and to me, I go, I don't mind this at all. This is probably the only way this should have happened. 
So anyway, Gordon and Paul Harris was not a great match. But it did show that uh, Gordon was prepared very well for him. He took the back and, you know, that was the end. I mean, we saw three minutes of or two minutes, let's say two minutes of an exchange on the legs between the two where it looked like shit could break badly very quickly on either side. Um, but they prevailed. Gordon gets the back. And then once he had the back, he never let it go. Um, there was talk of maybe an overtime period to which everybody was like, nah, we didn't agree to that beforehand. So that my friends are the big matches. Um, people who also impressed me throughout the weekend. Um, I mean, it's always good to see my buddy Ruben. Uh, he had a great match with, um, uh, I think it's Diego. I gotta remember this. Let me go look at my notes that I had to write for myself, people. Jesus. People won't even remember this. They'd be like, Raph, how come you didn't come prepared to your own show? Because it was a hard week, people. Um, but yeah, Ruben had a great match. Uh, also, big ups to Edwin Najmi, who uh, was able to beat Mateus Luna. Um, got a rear naked choke on that day. And then, of course, like, Richie was obviously bummed, but I just love the fact that when you give somebody like Richie a big pull like Lovato, like that's a tough match no matter how you cut it. There's not many ways that a lot of people have figured out how to solve that riddle. Um, But I thought that Richie, you know, he took the match. He did what a lot of people wouldn't do. And I was really, really grateful for that. So uh, he gave me a very nice interview afterwards. And a bonus, Um, we get a pouty Gary Tonin all weekend. Because Boogie gets the match and he doesn't. And that's just a bonus. That just feels good. Yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of funny because I'm also looking at Gary and I'm like, <laughs> when they give him me to inter or when they give him uh him to me to interview before we're about to finish out the telecast, you know, I'm looking at him and I go, Is Gordon gonna beat you at this too? Like is he gonna have a better match? Guess he didn't. But Gordon also said he wouldn't have a better match than Gary did. He's like, everybody kind of concedes it's like one of the greatest all-time matches. And it is one that I introduce people to if they never have seen jiu-jitsu before. Um, so there's that. And, yeah, just a fun day of, of grappling between the two. I mean, here's what I can tell you guys. It was not the expo that Kevin and I went to a few years ago. It was different. Um, but I applaud their attempts to try and get some – new talent, some exposure. So a lot of these guys who were competing um, definitely got some shine, which is good, especially with those big marquee names. Like as much as it was not a great match, I can't fault them for trying to make Gordon versus uh, Paul Harris. And so a lot of that was, it was an admirable effort to get that. And it's great always to see Lovato. So Um, them's my, my recollections from it. I'm still probably going to, have PTSD just from the the crazy runaround schedule that was it all. But my God, Kev. And I, I was sending Kevin messages and I was like, you don't even know the half of it, Kev. I still I still haven't even told you everything. Headed back for day two. <laughs> Wait, that's because you sent me a note and you just go like, hey, man, how did yesterday go? And I was like, it's still happening. It's not over. I'm still in it. I'll let you know. You don't talk about a no hitter until it's over. You just gotta yep. wage through it. That's yeah, how, that's how announcing is. You got two days. Well, it's also Kevin and I also have a shorthand when he asked me like, 
hey, how's it going? And I go, it's still going. That's him going. So I guess we're not doing it tonight. All right, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Can't wait to check back in. Especially because it just, uh, yeah, I'm always excited to hear about the adventures of this takes me back. This is heartwarming for me. Old school jujitsu is alive. There was a time when this is how shit was done. They just threw someone at a mic who they thought was the funniest guy at the gym. That's how we started. It's just a fantastic throwback to that. And oh. I, it's a bonus for me that it's you that it impacted. <laughs> well, I'll say this too. If you are looking for someone who does what I just did over the weekend, look no further than one Kevin Phillips. Because I kept sitting there thinking like, man, Kevin would be so good at this. Like, this is all of Kevin's best qualities. Where Kevin is usually an MC uh, for comedy nights. So he's bringing on talent. It's a unique talent to have. Like, you can't really describe how to do it. You just kind of have to do it. But you also can't describe who's good at it. You just go, oh, that guy's really good. Because you're not supposed to bring too much attention to yourself. You want to kind of be a person who facilitates the thing happening in front of you. Um, so, yeah, with Kevin, I was just sitting there and I go, this place to all of his goddamn strengths. Like, he's really funny. He's nice to people. Um, he works good with the crowd. And I think he can mostly say names right. Um, so. That part would be the scariest for me. It's like, oh, my but shit. But I put it on the athletes and I say, you have to tell me phonetically how to say your name or I will not say it right. Okay. You and then once get I a put chance that little to at least here, talk to them because I had to run them down Perfect. and I'm talking Kev, this is not, this is not with time to spare. This is me going up to them and being like, you have 30 seconds to tell me how to say your name, right? Because I'm going up in one minute and we're saying like, they might tell you something and they might say like, this is how my name's pronounced. And I go, I don't really get a chance to try it out. So, ruh -roh. Okay, well, let's see what comes out here. Uh, so, yes, I, I did track them down, but it was mostly a lot of me running after people and being like, hey, hey, excuse me, hi. Hi, I'm the, the guy who's going to say your name. So, hello. Hi. Don't hate me if I get it wrong. One guy just goes like, say it however you want, dude. And I was like, oh, thanks, dude. That's awesome. Well, a message to everyone. Show up ready. That's that's the rap <laughs> motto. Show up. There, well I did see that you were wearing shorts, and I was like, I bet he wears jeans tomorrow. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Rap probably wouldn't normally do TV in shorts. I just saw the no! first photo, and I had so much joy in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> well, the dumb part was is, you know, I had set up. And here's the thing that I'm most mad about. <clears throat> so I got there early and I had enough time. Normally, you know, these things are so go, 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 go. When we got there, we had enough time where I could converse with like Boogie. I got a little time to catch up with him and other friends who were there. Uh, Sophia McDermott and uh, Armand and all these people who are friends of the show. And people were like, oh, man, what are you up to? And I was like, well, I just finished setting up. I've got all my stuff ready to interview people. My sister pressured me into getting me a banner for the shows, not just verbal tap, but for the grappling hour. And I said, okay. So I had to like quickly put one together and it came out like a little blurry, but I just kept thinking like, you know what? It might be a little blurry, but it might show up good on TV or on the, the camera. Let's see how it looks. We set it up. We put up this banner and we're like, okay, dope. There it is. And then all of a sudden I'm like told to do the announcing 
and I just see my setup and people go like, hey, what were you originally supposed to do? And I just point to like a very lonely and empty setup with a computer and a camera and my backdrop. And I go, I was supposed to be over there. And don't get me wrong. I wanted to almost lead the guys off the mats and do the post-match interviews behind my banner away from the crowd and be like, hey, follow me over here, dummy. Okay, we're going to interview by my banner. And then somebody made the really smart suggestion that I should have had a hype person uh, just take the banner and just have it walk around me uh, as I was doing the post-match interviews on the mat. And I said, yeah, too late for that. So you guys will see the banner. I think we're going to hang it up on the next grappling hour. Uh, but it was just funny that like my sister and I rushed to get that stupid banner made and we did a good job. We literally got it under the wire and we set it up and everything's ready to go and we have time to spare. And then it becomes, no, you're behind. Why? Because you're announcing. Oh, Son of a cool. Bitch. <laughs> Shit. By the end of the weekend, I literally looked at it and somebody goes, you going to interview somebody? And I go, no, I've already interviewed them. They're done. Like I looked over at Puchecha. I was just like, hey, man, great interview. And I was like. We'll rendezvous another time, Buchecha. Thank you, Buchecha. I still, I still can't say that to his face like that. I can't wait to say it to his face. So I'm gonna yell it. People are like, "That was too much." Hey, Chach. Be like, "What the fuck is your the first person to upset him physically, even during fights?" That guy looks like he's just hugging you. There was a noteworthy event. Well. Signing off on the Jiu-Jitsu Expo that we hope yes. thrives in a different way soon. Yes. But or I, asks us maybe like a little bit more advanced time to help out. Book it. Book the broadcast. Bring the whole crew. Let's get Octavio so I have someone to yell at. I'll get in there. Kevin and, will do the announcing. I'll be on the microphone for a commentary team uh, because... Love Samir, love Clark, would have loved to set them up as black belts so that they could be just black belts who are experts at what they do. And I could be the dumb broadcaster that I am. The John Anik, if you will, with the less annoying voice. <laughs> I always, I Not like quite like a him. robot. Motel 6, we'll leave the light on. I even like John Anik. I just can't help it. I just, well, first of all, I do like that this started the same way it did to bring some nostalgia to the podcast. When we went to Jiu-Jitsu Expo last time, we showed up. We were like, we're press credential. They were like, well, cool, sit there. We need to verify. And it took them a healthy <laughs> amount of time to verify who we were and what it was. And I believe that's how this started, did it not? It did. You're so right to bring that up. because uh, Funny full circle. When for... I showed up there, Kev. Nothing's better than saying, hi, I'm the media for this. And they're like, what? And they look at their list. They're like, they don't even have a list. They just look at a piece of paper pretending like it says media list on it. And they're just like a blank sheet. And they go, I don't see your name here. And I'm like, nah, okay, good. Do you think I'm lying to come here? Do you think I have all this equipment just because I want to do the dumb thing? So I told Kevin, I was like, only in jiu-jitsu can you go from not being credentialed to being the MC of the event within a short amount of time. Anyway, thank you guys for the opportunity. Big thank you to the good folks who are running the production. I could not have done it without you guys. Big also shout out to my sister who not only like the helped banner. with the banner looked amazing. and made that happen, which looks way cooler than either of us thought it would, especially when the like printer's like, it's a little blurry and we're like, we know that. Just shut up. 
And we like looked at it on camera and I go, that's actually not bad. Oh, okay, cool. Um, but anyway, she was a huge help. She helped break down and set up stuff when I was talking with people and she's amazing. So my sister is awesome and cannot be beat. So yeah, that's awesome. Anyway, you have questions for me regarding another realm. And I think, I think I have the answers you're looking for. I'm not sure. The absolute F is going on with the WWE poaching of MMA fighters. The most recent weird thing I saw was a couple of heavyweights, Brock Lesnar notoriously in the WWE, and Cain Velasquez notoriously not in the WWE, or a mask, or in good shape of any kind, which I think they need to get him the steroids and the glisten stuff, and maybe like uh, a beard or something, just like looking a little, just a little, he is daring off his shirt, are they doing it again i don't understand what's uh happening could you explain contextually and where did wwe just move uh Fox or something didn't they just oh yes event? Oh, okay sorry. all right here's how things are going kev we're in a real cool time to be a wrestling fan though i will say yesterday um the wwe put together one of the worst pay-per-views they've apparently done in some time. Uh, but other than that, it was an amazing week. Here's why. Monday night, WWE presents a new set that puts everything to shame. However, on Wednesday night, TNT gets their brand new wrestling show called AEW. So this is the first time the WWE's had like a real mainstream competitor going after them with the sights on it. Now, just to give you an idea, WWE Raw normally gets like a 0.9 for the USA Network, 0.8, 0.7 rating slide. But overall, their viewership is about two and a half million. Let's say about that. AW premiered with a 0.7-ish and about 1.4 million people. That's a huge number. The WWE also has a younger slate of folks that they put head to head against that and lost. That got a point three and under nine hundred. It's one Chargers game. Calm down. Hey, hey, I'm just letting you know these are these are big <laughs> numbers in current today TV standards because AEW actually would get the number that is good enough to rank on broadcast networks that night. So okay. just to give you an idea of where we stand. So then, because the WWE is like, well, we're not done yet. We know they're premiering new shit, and we're ready for it. And even though they're saying we're not competing with them, they are. So on Friday Night SmackDown, which has now moved to Fox, used to be that Monday Night Raw was the A show, and they always considered SmackDown the B show. Now that it has a Fox network backing behind them, they want to make that the A show because it's broadcast, and it's been years, almost two decades since it's been on broadcast TV on a regular series like that. So how do they have it cap off? Well, Brock Lesnar attacked Rey Mysterio Jr. Brock Lesnar, notoriously a big, big human being. Rey Mysterio Jr., the opposite. So they attacked Rey Mysterio Jr. and his son, Kevin, that was just mean. So how does Rey Mysterio retaliate? He goes to get his big brother, Kane, who has beaten Brock Lesnar in the octagon for the title, if you recall. And even though it's supposed to have an air of 
oh, they fought each other in real life, but now they're in this play acting kind of a thing. Brock still has that look like – still kind of scared of you, dude. He did kind of beat me up a lot. Now, you're alluding to the fact that Cain Velasquez is dad bod. Sure. Maybe just the slightest not like he used to be. And he's had a lot of injuries. He literally was walking there with a brace to the ring to go confront Brock. His knee is probably at about 70%. Uh. But, Kevin, in response to your question – they have signed him for an event that takes place in Saudi Arabia because they have that sweet, sweet Saudi money and they just throw it at people. Right now it's being rumored and I think it's going forward that they're even bringing uh, Tyson Fury from boxing to confront one of their guys. So amidst all of this, you bring up the fact that, yes, Cain Velasquez is there. And yes, Matt Riddle, who was formerly fired for smoking weed from the WWE – or I'm sorry, from the UFC is now in the WWE – and then you've also got the fact that Ronda Rousey is UFC, now WWE. The AEW ended up getting a gentleman by the name of Jack Swagger, who now goes by Jack Hager, who fights for Bellator. So it's a very populated time for a lot of professional wrestlers who may have fought a little bit of MMA and now are banking on that to do their thing. Well, that's awesome. Okay, so great. does that answer most of your questions? Good for him that he's cashing them checks, I guess, is what I'll say. Uh, I feel but like, like a dick now about his knee thing, but he just uh, yeah. doesn't look like he's been skipping the cows in terms. Well, somebody of, said he. I mean, I didn't rip my shirt like off on television like that. That was his move. I just. I think that was the choice that did most people in singlet because you know, they maybe said, the rash guard something to like show a little. A little flair. Well, I think what they were saying was they were just like, yo, this is like your T.O. getting mad at a family barbecue kind of Ah, shirt reveal. Thank you. Okay, that's. And I said, that's that's about right. Character, you know. Um, And to be fair, like it was a good way to capitalize on the Rey Mysterio angle. I didn't see it happening. I didn't know it would happen. I should have. In retrospect, I was like, damn. But that's what it's at right now in professional wrestling there's a lot of people who are going to be pulling out all the stops and because there's competition now for the wwe and that they actually ended up getting a good rating i think it's going to push them to have to be edgier but get this kev yesterday the reason i bring up that shitty pay-per-view is that at the end of that pay-per-view when it was a really really terrible ending the fans in attendance at this wwe event started chanting out the name of their opponents. So they started yelling out AEW at the end of a shitty WWE event, which is, uh, I guess, goes to show you the state of affairs. So that now if you don't like one of the products, you can go see the other. So it may be a very interesting time to be a professional wrestling fan. And I I wager this, Kev, I think we're going to get some people returning. I think that some of the people who are like, I don't watch. I think they will watch a little bit now. Because don't you want to see how Cain Velasquez and Brock Lesnar is booked? Nope. Probably, probably catch the Cliff's notes for, or Raph's notes, fine. as I would call them yes, in pro I'm wrestling. Sure. <laughs> well, the reason why is because maybe not you, but the number they got from that was good. And the viral vibe they got and the fact that it was such a surprise 
Uh, Mark Romaldi actually had a really good uh, interview lined up. And Mark's also a huge wrestling fan. And uh, I know him well. And I've actually seen him at wrestling shows. We have a very similar set of friends. And so when we've seen each other, we've been like, oh, dude, this is dope. Or this is dope. So I think he was sitting on that article to know the truth and tell you what was happening. But um, apparently even after that run-in, there wasn't a fully finalized contract. They just wanted to get the shock factor of Kane in. And then they came to a contract where they said, well, he will wrestle uh, Brock or fight him at uh, the Saudi event. So, yeah, I mean, at the very least, people, people aside from Kevin, were very interested in a storyline featuring two former UFC stars. I will follow how it goes. And this was one blast of a podcast on a happy Hollow's Eve evening. No, not there yet. Just, We're just not a tunnel. Yet. It's uh, supposed to snow here in like two days. So we'll, like, we have about like eight inches coming. Um, well, I think I can announce this because they announced it. Um, but it does appear. And we got to make sure that travel all gets ironed out and everything. But uh, the good friends over at BJJ Fanatics are going to have a black belt competition, and it appears that they have announced that yours truly will be there and uh, serving on the microphone side where I do the commentary and not – well, you know what? No, I take that back. They might actually have me do the names too. Ugh. At least they told me ahead of time. But commentary I think that's plus. Yeah, commentary plus. <laughs> I think at a certain point I'm just going to start branding myself as whatever you want. Just – Tell me where my light is. I'm a poly communicator. I shall <laughs> follow my heart. Tune in for all of that and more. You can find us on all the social medias at Verbal Tap Cast. Don't forget to leave a review. That's going to do it for us tonight. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night and good fight. you have dialed has been changed. The new number is, please note, the new number is